This is where the big social, political and religious dilemmas of our day are debated. The Interrogator from the Fifth Column. Hello and welcome to The Interrogator. I'm Emma Barnett. Stay with us and I think I can promise a debate to stimulate but also provoke. Plenty of heat, I think, but also some light. Our subject, gay marriage. Prime Minister David Cameron has committed the government to supporting same-sex marriage and launched a consultation on the issue which closed a few days ago and received more than 100,000 submissions, the biggest response ever to an exercise of this kind. Deputy Prime Minister Nick Clegg has said it's a matter of when, not if, the law is changed. And he added for good measure, and I quote, Love is the same whether straight or gay, so the civil institution should be the same too. Not everybody is happy. Some opposition is predictable. The Roman Catholic Church believes homosexuality is a sin, so gay marriage was never likely to receive its blessing. The Church of England has warned Cameron's consultation that gay marriage drives a wedge between the Church's canon law, that marriage is between a man and woman, and Parliament. And most recently, a lobby group against gay marriage comprising MPs and bishops and called the Keep Marriage Special Campaign has said the logical argument for reforming the law would be equally applicable to the legislation of incest and polygamy. Other opposition is less predictable. Many MPs have expressed disquiet, but also some gay campaigners have not backed the proposed change in law. For example, the gay Labour MP Ben Bradshaw has said that this isn't a priority for the gay community, which, he says, has already won equal rights with civil partnerships. He adds, this is pure politics. Or, as one of our two guests would say, it's another sop to the Lib Dems. He is Andrew Pearce, former assistant editor of The Telegraph and now a Daily Mail columnist. Holding very different views on the issue of same-sex marriage is our second guest, Peter Lloyd, an independent journalist and until recently the editor of The Pink Paper, which bills itself as Britain's leading gay news website. I'm going to invite each in turn to state their case by answering a few questions and then debate with each other. As I said before, heat and light. Andrew, first let me come to that belief of yours that this is a political move by the Tories, not a moral one, and done simply to please the Lib Dems. Can you explain? The gay marriage proposal was not in any single manifesto at the general election, which took place only in 2010. It wasn't even in the Liberal Democrats' gay manifesto. They actually have a four-page manifesto for lesbian, gay and the transgender community, it was not mentioned at all. I was actually at the Liberal Democrat conference in Liverpool when this idea emerged from the conference floor. It was a Liberal Democrat MP. The conference backed his proposal that the Liberal Democrats should commit themselves to gay marriage. And I heard Evan Harris, the former Liberal Democrat MP, on the steps of the conference hall saying, great, now we've got clear blue water with the Conservatives. To my astonishment and to the astonishment of most Conservatives that I know in Westminster and beyond, David Cameron then decided to embrace gay marriage in his own party conference speech a year later when he said it was because he was a Conservative that he supported gay marriage, not because he was not a Conservative. So he did that just to prove that he could be as radical and as liberal as the Liberal Democrats. And in the process, he has triggered a major confrontation within his own party, probably the biggest with his party activists since the fall of Mrs Thatcher. Nick Clegg has said you should have the freedom to love 
whom you please and therefore the right to marry or not should be the same for gays and straights. And I know you're not responsible for how newspapers headline your articles, but headline and article in the Daily Mail this month seem to match up. It quoted you as saying, I'm a gay man who opposes gay marriage. Does that make me a bigot, Mr Cameron? So on that, could you unpack your main case against gay marriage? And I would say it is an outrage that as the country is teetering on the edge of possibly the worst economic calamity since the 1930s, that the government's two preoccupations this year are House of Lords reform and gay marriage, two issues that the public do not care about. As for gay marriage itself, we already have it. It's called civil partnerships. But here's the other thing. By going down the gay marriage route, we're going to be changing hundreds of years of tradition and history in this country. And I think it is an outrage that the expression Mr and Mrs will disappear from every official document because of this government's wretched pursuit of this equality agenda that's gone too far. What's wrong with Mr and Mrs? Why has it got to be partner? There are three and a half thousand references to Mr and Mrs in official documents. It's an unpicking of the situation which I think has served us very well for many years. I'll give you an example of why I think we should not go down this route because I speak as somebody who spent the first two and a half years of his life in a Roman Catholic orphanage. It was run by a Catholic children society and I was placed with adopters by this Catholic Children's Society. Every single one of those Catholic Children's Societies have closed down because the last Labour government said they have to conform to quality legislation that will come in from Europe too, which meant that Catholic adoption societies had to give consideration to placing a child with same-sex couples. Madness. Why would a same-sex couple want to go to Catholic Adoption Society? There were many other adoption societies they could go to. All 11 of those societies have closed down. They place some of the most difficult children. Presumably I was a difficult child to place. And that's over 100 years of history and expertise has gone. And we'll go down exactly the same route if we pursue this gay marriage agenda. Because be under no mistake, the Labour Party and quite a few Liberal Democrat MPs, they want to take on the church because they think the church is fundamentally biased. Well, I don't agree with the church's teaching on homosexuality, but it's not for a here-today, gone-tomorrow politician to tell the church how to conduct its affairs. I'm happy you brought it up, because you say this move will cause a schism between Parliament and church, but some might say, so what? Let the schism happen if the church pursues such outdated views, especially on the area of homosexuality. Look, the Catholic Church doesn't allow divorcees to remarry in the church. Shouldn't we be dealing with that before we're talking about gay marriage? The, the, Catholic, the Catholic Church doesn't even acknowledge homosexuality can exist. The Anglican Church allows its vicars to be gay as long as they are celibate. I'm not quite sure how the Archbishop of Canterbury enforces that edict. I'd love to know. It would be very interesting. So, of course, the church is backwards and, and has got a lot of sorting out, but let them get their own house in order first without t- turning this into a great battle between church and state, which we don't want. What about the public response to your article, the one that we've just talked about? A huge public response, and um, predictably I got the, the question I posed was because I knew there would be gay people who would say it's bigoted not to support gay marriage. Overwhelmingly, on the Daily Mail website, I would say three-quarters to 80% supported my stance. I know on the Pink website, I would think 99% objected. But, you know, these things get organised. You know in the world of Twitter how these things operate. Okay, so what I want to understand now is it does look like 
Mm. He's going to go ahead, but let's let's still see. I'm the jury's so sure. still out. I'm not so sure. All right, if I'm to go with Nick Clegg, but that's not your favourite no. person. Well, he's the deputy prime minister. He's got 55 MPs. Well, 57, we'll, actually. We'll see. But what I want to know is, if it does go ahead, what are the actual, in real terms, worrying repercussions of gay marriage going ahead? I worry that people will object to the gay community dominating the political agenda again. I mean, already people are coming up to me saying, you gays, haven't you got enough already? Well, actually, I think we've done pretty well. There's no sense of proportionality to this. Why now? It's simply not necessary now. Um, We've got civil partnerships. They're fine. And I think if we go down the route of gay marriage, there will be an almighty fight with the church. And then you just wait for Europe to stick its big nose in our affairs yet again, because you just absolutely know the European Court of Human Rights will not give a hoot about the Roman Catholic Church or the, uh, the Church of England. And then that will cause another major rumpus between Parliament and Europe. And it's just a fight we don't need. Thank you very much, Andrew Pearce. To Peter Lloyd now. Gay and against gay marriage. Not a position I presume you endorse or possibly even credit, Peter. Um, well, I find it interesting, but I've, uh, I'm not surprised that Andrew is sometimes controversial in his views. I've known him for a while and it's something I've become accustomed to, so it's fine. So with the Pink News, which you used to edit, the Gay News website, I believe was deluged with protests against Andrew's Daily Mail article, as it will be, I assume, by the statement I referred to in my introduction from the Keep Marriage Special campaign, that if you reform this law, you might as well reform the laws on incest and polygamy. I mean, I find that hugely offensive. Incest is rejected throughout the world in all civilizations because it's based on biology and the weakening of biology in resulting children. That's why it's rejected. It's the survival of the species. Having same-sex couples marry and be equal in a democracy is nothing akin to incest or polygamy. It's completely different. OK, um, but when, you, when we talk about Andrew's article, what were the particular protests against that? Well, I think they thought that really that Andrew's opinion was that the church are going to be forced to do something they're not going to want to do. And that's never been the case. The government have always specified that no religious organisation is going to be forced to conduct gay marriages at all. So those of you in favour of a change in the law to make it possible for gays to marry often label opponents homophobic or bigoted, Mm -hmm. but it's difficult to lever that charge at somebody like Andrew Pearce, isn't it? Or indeed MPs Ben Bradshaw, Alan Duncan, or even the historian David Starkey, who is among the signatories on a petition to Downing Street against same-sex marriage. Well, I think that everybody should be afforded the opportunity to get married. If you look at civil partnerships... Andrew said earlier, we already have gay marriage, it's called civil partnerships. Well, if we already have it, why don't we just call it marriage? But what is the difference between a civil partnership and a marriage? Well, there are actually legal differences and a lot of people assume that that isn't the case. You know, for example, if I married my partner and, you know, after 25 years we lived together uh, as civil partners and then I died, my partner would only get a smaller portion of my pension as opposed to a heterosexual partner of mine. Likewise, if I moved abroad with my partner for retirement and I moved to somewhere like Portugal where they do actually recognise gay marriage, they wouldn't recognise our union as a marriage. So is it purely for you just a step in that direction to make sure it's fully equal or is it something as well as a psychological element? What's the main driving reason why you think it should be changed to marriage? Well, for me, I think it's, it's it's a twofold argument. A legal one, first of all. There are differences between marriage and civil partnerships. That is a fact. And secondly, there's also a social and psychological element to it. There is no love or warmth in the words civil partnership. 
it doesn't represent loyalty or commitment. It suggests that gay people aren't capable of loving to the same degree as heterosexual people. Um, if I were able to say, I mean, I have three elder sisters and they're all married. If I were able to marry my partner, it would envelop me more in the family and in society. So you haven't gone down the route of a civil partnership then? No. Would you? Um, I won't until I can marry. Right. And then when, or if I should say this goes through, will you be somebody that signs up straight away to do this? Uh, well, I'm not ready to do that just yet. Uh, but, uh, you know, one day in the future, I at least would like the option to do so. It's a basic civil right. What do you make of the idea that this is just Cameron and Clegg's bid to be more touchy-feely with the electorate, as opposed to something that is core to their being as political animals? I think it's very easy to trash David Cameron's pledge on this issue. But really, what we have to look at is that there is cross-party support. The Green Party, the Liberal Democrats, the Labour Party and the Conservative Party all back gay marriage. One of the polls I've seen, only four in ten homosexuals think that same-sex marriage is a priority Mm -hmm. in these difficult times. What about that argument that actually many homosexuals themselves do not think this is something that is high up on the agenda? I think it's questionable. I think you could look at a conflicting study which says the opposite. You look at the populist poll in 2009 and a recent Stonewall study that was released just two days before the end of the consultation that actually said that the majority of gay people wanted gay marriage, same-sex marriage, to be in place by the next election. And actually three in five of people with religious beliefs felt the same. So it is an issue and it's a live issue and people feel passionate about it. I think they, they may consider it not the, the top priority, but it's certainly up there as a priority. Are you aware of any negative repercussions you think will happen if this goes through? I honestly can't really think of any. I mean, I I can appreciate that some people's noses may be out of joint and that they may have to adjust their mindset. But ultimately, I think it would be, in part, wholly beneficial. Okay, Andrew, Peter, you must have wanted to argue with points made by the other. Here's your chance. Andrew, would you like to go first? Well, um, it is... Naive, of course, of Peter to say that there's not going to be pressure on the churches to go that way because we've already heard from Desmond Swain MP. He is the Prime Minister's parliamentary private secretary. He's a Conservative MP. And Crispin Blunt, who's a minister who happens to be gay, who came out in this parliament, who have both said it is inevitable religious premises will have to accept gay marriage. That is an outrage because these politicians, who will have heard of them? in five years' time. Who's heard of them now? If you ask most people who Desmond Swain was, apart from his own family, most people have never heard of him. These are the sort of people who are making decisions that will change our historic relationship with the church. And this is a Christian country, actually. Funny that. The head of state is the Queen, ironically, and you consider the debate we're having. And this will be a fundamental change. And the idea that the European Court of Human Rights isn't going to get stuck in and lawyers aren't going to see this as a way to make lots of money is frankly absurd. And if Peter Lloyd doesn't see that, he's very, very green. Peter? I mean, I find it amusing that Andrew is so passionately supporting the church. I mean, Hang on a minute, can we just look back no, at I'm history? I'm not passionately supporting the church, I'm passionately Andrew. supporting the status quo. The Church of England was founded, why? Oh, because Henry VIII wanted a divorce, didn't like the religion that was in place, so started up his own church to fit his own rules. Religion has been stretching and contracting since its conception. This is no different. Whatever people believe religiously, whatever people believe within their congregations and their churches, that's fine and I respect that. And I think everybody should respect that. But they cannot apply those principles to wider society. 
The other thing we haven't talked about, the other elephant in the room, is how this is going to impact on the Muslim community. So we're going to force churches, because we've heard that from the Prime Minister's Parliamentary Private Secretary. He's been quoted as saying what have to happen in religious premises. We're going to make the mosques do that. Every single faith has condemned it. So if you think there's a row with the Christian Not church... Not every single faith hang has on, condemned it. Peter, hang on. Answer this point. If you think there's a row with a Christian church, it'll be the mother of all rows if they try and go down the Muslim church route and they say, oh, I'm terribly sorry, mosques, women can't enter by the same door as men, but you're going to have same-sex couples can marry in there. Well... Andrew, let's not forget that in every religious community in this country, whether it's Muslim, Catholic or Church of England, there are gay and lesbian people who are members of that congregation. Would you answer the question? Well, I am answering the question. Well, I don't think you have. I don't think any religious organisation is going to be forced to conduct any of these marriages. And what I am more concerned about is that bigotry is being disguised as religious belief. But Andrew, to be honest, most gay people don't want to get married in a church anyway got to be allowed to have the option, Peter, if you want equality in gay marriage. Yeah, but it's a respectful option, which says, yes, I'd like to do this. Would you be willing to host this? It's, a it's not equality thing. then, is it? Well, it is equality because there, no, there, is, there is the possibility. There are, there are threads of religious groups that would like to perform same-sex marriages. And Look at the Quakers. They're happy to do it. Lot, lots of those churches around. Yeah, but the, the point is they're not allowed to. And it's a starting block. It's not just about religion, though. So let me just remind Peter, in case he has forgotten, David Cameron as an ambitious young MP, did not vote to repeal Section 28. That was one of the most totemic issues for the gay community. Cameron didn't vote to get rid of it because he was on his way up and he thought if he didn't vote for those touchy-feely gay issues, he wouldn't get the support of the Tory right. So he's a complete hypocrite. Even if this is a political pawn in a game, the world is changing, Andrew. New York, South Africa... Portugal, Sweden, all these places have incorporated gay marriage. We, the United Kingdom, supposed to be a leader in the progressive world, have not. So I'm quite happy for this to be a political issue because that's exactly what it is. When you were editing the pink paper, before this came up on the political agenda, as it has done, and and the debate's been raging very prominently for the last couple of weeks, how much was it discussed as as an issue that people were concerned about? It was always very much on the radar. I mean, it was bubbling beneath the surface, but it was definitely there. It's, you know, it's always been an issue. And I think even when civil partnerships were introduced, there was still a question of whether that was sufficient and why wasn't it full marriage. And it was always considered by most people a stopgap. Do you have any specific questions for Andrew based on what he said? Rather than modifying current civil partnership law, wouldn't it just be easier to allow gay people to marry? Uh, they can, Peter. And they're called civil partnerships. But can they, they call it marriage? Well, what's in a word? That's the Ben Bradshaw position. What's in a word? Well, a word is a very powerful tool. Well, I think civil partnerships are unique. They're different. They make us stand out from the the monochrome grey world we're in. They're a joy. I love hearing old ladies and old men going into a card shop saying, where are the civil partnership cards? Because my granddaughter's in a civil partnership. I think, yes, I want to do a handstand. It's different. It's boring. Why do we want to have a boring marriage? What are we going to do? Throw confetti at each other as well? Are you going to have a bouquet when you get married, Peter? Are you going to have a pro-nuptial white dress and a veil? Civil partnerships reflect the fact the gay community is different. We should rejoice in them and, w- and make them work. And they are working and they're very successful. We don't need to copy everything the straight community does. Why can't same-sex couples have the same choice and options as heterosexuals. Well, why are we going to have more choice and options than heterosexual couples, Peter? Because that's where we are. I believe that that heterosexual couples should also be allowed to have civil partnerships if they want. They can't. And the consultation document makes that absolutely clear because there are issues. I don't know what the issues are, but they are absolutely not going to be able to have uh, civil partnerships. So Emma here, 
if she doesn't want to marry her fiancé and wants to do a civil partnership, she can't. But we're going to have both. It can't be right. OK, let me end on this question then. Andrew, do you think same-sex marriage is going to happen? And if so, when? I think the Prime Minister has picked off an enormous fight with his own party, which uh, he's been told on a daily basis members are hemorrhaging at a rapid rate. I mean, people are really leaving the party en masse. I think if it does happen, it won't happen before the general election because it's a fight Cameron has picked. He's a very weak Prime Minister at the moment. After the election, who knows? Because if the Conservatives lose the election, then the Liberals can do it with their new best mates in the Labour Party. Peter, do you think it's going to happen, and if so, when? I think it's inevitable. I think it's already happening. We're watching it happen around the world. It's been a success around the world. It's been warmly welcomed. The sky hasn't fallen in over New York or Portugal or any of these other places. And even if it doesn't happen this side of the election, I think it's just an inevitable development of humanity and politics. And I think it's a good thing. Thank you very much indeed, Andrew and Peter. Now, you, the listener, must have your own opinions about this, probably some very strong ones. Please share them with us on the site. But from me, Emma Barnett, goodbye. If you want to do as Emma suggests, join the debate by commenting on this podcast via our website, www.thefifthcolumn.co.uk.